This podcast is hosted by Dr. Happymon Jacob. Dr. Jacob is an associate professor of security studies at Jawaharlal Nehru University, New Delhi. His weekly column on India's national security and foreign policy issues is published by The Hindu. He is also the author of two new books on India-Pakistan border: Line on Fire by Oxford University Press and Line of Control by Penguin India. Hello and welcome to the National Security Conversation. Today we will be discussing Kashmir once again because Kashmir is one of India's topmost national security challenges. Young lives are lost on the streets of Jammu and Kashmir on a daily basis and the insurgency in Kashmir seems to be getting more and more violent as days pass by and the government in New Delhi seems to be absolutely clueless on how to pacify and deal with the situation in Jammu and Kashmir. Is India losing the moral argument in Kashmir? Is India losing Kashmir? To answer this critical national security question, today we have with us Dr. Farooq Abdullah. Dr. Abdullah needs absolutely no introduction. He is the top leader in Jammu and Kashmir today. He is the top uh, statesman in Jammu and Kashmir today. He has been the chief minister of the state. He is currently the president of the uh, principal opposition party, the National Conference. Dr. Farooq Abdullah, welcome to the National Security Conversation. Dr. Abdullah, let me start by asking. is india losing the political narrative in kashmir is india losing kashmir i'm not asking this from a material point of view but from a political and moral point of view i think it will be too strong a word to say that we are losing kashmir it's not we are not losing kashmir what we are losing is the faith of the people of kashmir over the rest of india right and that is the problem the problem is that the way situation is nobody wants to deal with it uh, every time uh, we wanted to deal with the situation with our neighbor because primary problem is also with the neighbor or leave neighbor for the present let us now look between in our own country it's a part of the country we had been promised that the autonomy that has been eroded would be restored and the prime minister of india narasimha rao ji made a statement in the parliament that sky is the limit as far as autonomy is concerned but no question of azadi we never asked for azadi we brought in a resolution passed by two third of the majority of the assembly we placed it before the government we told them very clearly if there is anything in this that is against the constitution of india which had granted this before to us it has emerged from the constitution of india but if you feel there is something talk to us convince us or we will convince you that it is not detrimental to the unity of uh, kashmir with the rest of the land so is it is it a problem of intent in new delhi or is it the inability of communicating that intent to the people of i this? i think probably it is the tragedy of the parties themselves one that wants to completely abrogate the article 370 that is in power today and previously the party that did really the same but without announcing it uh, whether it was in the times of jawaharlal nehru or mrs indira gandhi the erosion took place and uh, everything was taken away it is now only a skeleton that has been left and the last thing we had was physical autonomy that was eroded the minute they introduced gst whereas we had the power of introducing our own gst which would keep in mind 
some of the important things for our place, where the state could give, in difficult times, relief. Whether it was flood, whether it was other natural disasters, we could give that relief. Today we can't. Today it's all under the GST Council. Dr. Abdullah, let me go back to the question of the insurgency once more. Uh, what is the difference between the insurgency that we saw um, emerging in the late 1980s and the insurgency of today? You I'm say, asking this. Uh, after Sheikh Kashmir died, Pakistan always had this in their mind that because we being Muslim majority state, we should be part of Pakistan. That was there from the time of Kaidi Azam Jinnah, who pro propagated this openly and said, Kashmir is in my pocket. Well, we are not drum-driven cattle. We made our own decision. And we made a decision knowing fully well that we want to stay, is, is, uh, live with the India where every religion has the same right. There is no difference between Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Sikhs, Buddhists or anybody else. We are all one. And uh, that's how we joined Gandhi and Nehru's India. That India is now gradually changing to what this government is doing. That is also one of the unfortunate tragedies that the youth feel that probably we have no, uh, no future in a nation which is going to be changing, complete from a secular character to a different character. One, when he died, Pakistan started the very struggle of first getting rid of Kashmiri pundits by joining hands with the people they had trained and uh, to do ethnic cleansing. And our governor played, hands, played their hand because he produced vehicles and things to remove Kashmiri pundits, telling them that I'll get you back within a couple of months. Today is 28th year. They haven't returned. And I wonder whether under present conditions they will ever return. How much these people speak from the rostrums that we'll get you back. What have they done? Have they moved in any way in that direction? Right. So the basic thing was started that they thought now is the time. The iron is hot. We can move in, we can take Kashmir over. The first thought was Kargil. They thought they will cut the path to Ladakh and probably then get further into the valley and take over the valley. That did not work. They failed bitterly in that. Then we thought that probably Bajpayee visiting uh, Pakistan and Kargil happening, but then he's inviting uh, Musharraf uh, General to come here for talks. We thought something might come in, emerge. But as you saw, Agra was a total failure. So there was another break in that hope of that something will happen between these two nations and we might get a respite from the tragedies that we're facing. But then Manmohan Singh Ji continued with that. But as our luck would have, Musharraf put four point plan before them, before any further, because we lost time. We took so much time 
in coming to some adjustments with those things, that in the meantime he lost credibility with the courts. So he went. The army general went. The civilian government cannot make any decision because the army is the strongest force. Uh, the biggest thing that happened was suddenly, again, elections took place. PDP got votes on the name of that we'll keep BJP and RSS out and we are not going to allow them in. And suddenly, after getting 28 seats, they joined the very party they were opposing and brought in what is known as a common minimum program, which was approved by both parties. And in that common minimum program, what they did was the first condition was that we will talk to all the people who are involved, Horiat and others, and second, we will talk to Pakistan. None of those things happened. Do you think Pakistan is a legitimate stakeholder in Kashmir? Should India talk to Pakistan? You see, part of our state is with them. Right. We have a resolution in the parliament that whole of that is ours. Though I don't anymore believe in that. Yeah, that's what what I mean. we don't hold, we, it's not ours. So I keep on telling them, look, why don't we say, you keep that and we keep this. But is that the only reason India should talk to Pakistan on the Kashmir? You question? see, Pakistan has another fear, the water that India can block their water anytime and they will starve for water. That is also their tragedy. And this government is doing exactly that. So that fears are there because the power projects that they have taken on is going to hold huge dams. So they are afraid that with these dams holding this water, they will be starved. So we have to work with them and convince them with Pakistan that is not going to happen. What is your share you will get? But they're not sure. Right. So you you would say that there is a need to talk to Pakistan, but only on certain issues. Otherwise, Pakistan does not have a legitimate It does not have state. Kashmir. Like we don't have that Kashmir. So where is our legitimacy as far as that Kashmir is concerned? When we don't have on that, how can they have on our land? But we have to settle with our people. Now, why are they not talking? Prime Minister made a big statement from the Red Fort that we have to win the hearts and minds of the people. And that cannot be won by bullets, but by talking to them, by winning them over. Nothing has happened. Dr. Abdullah, just to go back to the nature of insurgency today, would I be right in saying that the insurgency of the 1990s was a political struggle, but today it has become more religiously... Um, it has become more people, Kashmiri-minded peoples. It is the local... That's correct. Earlier it was Pakistani. At 90, they were not educated people. Right. They were ticket blackers and all these others <coughs> who got the gun and... They, they thought, oh, we are the masters now. Is that the only that difference? Was is that the only difference? Are, I mean, no, the major difference is this. Could, could that today, it's the educated people. Right. Because they feel there's something wrong, crossly wrong. And nobody seems to realize that we have to meet this and try to convince them that, no, your future lies with this land. And we will do everything to see that your future is safe.
But you don't say that this is a religious struggle that is happening in Kashmir today. That's this that. is a made-up thing. You know, when they can't beat anything else, they say, it's religious struggle. There's no religious struggle. What is religious about it? Oh, we are majority Muslim anyway. It's not a religious problem. It's a problem of your future. They don't see their future to be safe. They don't see their children safe. Then they come here to the educational institutions. Look how they are treated. Beaten up. When you say they are not safe, are you also referring to, say, for example, the Armed Forces Special Powers Act? No, no. Um, I'm referring to the boys who are in the schools in these areas. Armed Special Power Act is a draconian act. You think that should be removed? It is a draconian act, yes. And we told them a hundred times that for God's sake, you don't need it in the city. You may have it on the border. Good enough. But don't have it in the middle of the town. Because if somebody murders somebody under this act, you can do nothing. Did the NC government uh, uh, ask the central government yes, when it was in power? Yes, it's on their records. But that requires Because the this was got when Mufti Saab was the minister. He got this act. When he was the union home minister? Yes, he got this act. And the governor was Jagmohan. Is it not correct that uh, for the AFSPA to be in force, PSA has to be in force first? Because if you remove PSA, then you can legitimately ask for the removal of AFSPA. Not at all. Let me tell you that how many times have people asked. You can get into somebody's house, you can beat them up, you can break everything, you can't take them to the court. What for? Does it happen in Chhattisgarh where they're shooting every day the CRPF men are dying in, in, the hands of the in so many dozens. Why is it not there? We must, we must try and see what pinches your foot. Right. So that, that pinching thing has to be removed so that you can walk better. That is what we want. We don't want to secede. There is no question of secession. So, it will be a rallying cry of the National Conference in the days to come to remove AFSPA from Jammu and Kashmir. Not only remove AFSPA, we want better understanding between whoever is in power here and whoever is in power in Kashmir. We want a better coordination, better understanding. So, where is the mission? Can you imagine today, if you fly from here to Bangalore, which is two and a half hours flight, the price is 6,000 or 7,000. If you fly from here to Serinagar, which is one hour flight, the ticket is 16,000, 14,000. Now, is that is that to win hearts of people? Well, that's a dynamic pricing of private airlines. The oh. government has nothing to do with it, right? How government is, is quiet about it, that 6,000 for two and a half hours flight and for one hour flight, it's 14,000? The government should enter. We, we, are, we, are a, we have no other industry except tourism. God has given us nothing but beauty for which people come. Here you die in 45 and 46 degree temperature. Their temperature is 24. And if you go to Pahalgam and something, much less. You can't sit outside. In my house, I can sit in the garden. So we do feel that some things are not right. So the resistance. If I was uh, aviation minister, do you mean to tell me these airlines would do this thing? I would have put them upside down. 
You don't have to loot people. Dr. Abdullah, the resistance to AFSPA, where is that coming from? Is that coming from the armed forces? Is that, is that coming from the political leaders in New Delhi? Where is it coming from? Or is it the government? Ask government? people who are in power in Delhi. Don't ask for a You've been part of the government. Of, this is for them to decide. You've been part of the government in Delhi. Yes, but Delhi is a, it's a, it's a prime minister, defense minister and all these people and home minister. They don't take us into confidence. Dr. Abdullah, in a recent interview, you said what is necessary today for all of us, whether mainstream or separatists, is to come together to end this tragedy which is affecting this valley for so many years. That's a very thoughtful argument. What does that mean? And how do you say this is possible? See, unless we all move together, whoever you are, whatever party you belong to, how will you get peace there? See, let me be very frank. There is a vested interest that has developed over the years who do not want peace because money is coming in tons. There is no accountability. Where is the accountability of the money that is coming to the army? You can't even question them in the parliament. As a member of parliament, I cannot question their expenses. It is no, no. Any security expenses, can you question them? There's no, no way you can question them. So, everybody is having a wonderful time. So you would say... Money is flowing like anything. It doesn't go down to the ground to the people. There are some of these top people who are making the whooping. Why should they want peace? To them it doesn't matter. Whether 10 die, 100 die or 200 die. Their coffers are getting heavier. So that vested interest has to be killed. And if you kill that vested interest, you will have peace in Kashmir. And you would say that... In politicians everyone. also there is vested interest. In the forces there is vested interest. In the government there is vested interest. So the, the way to break that is to talk to everybody. You have to break separatists, You have to break this vicious circle. You would say talk to the militants. And therefore, the only way to her is to talk to... How does it matter? When you can talk to the United Nations, to the biggest enemies of yours, why not here talk to your own countrymen? How does it hurt you? They will tell you a hundred things. You convince them why it cannot be done. They'll try and convince you why not it can, it can be done. The question is you have to win your own people. You're not winning enemies. Your own people you have to win. Dr. Abdullah, you recently spoke about the desirability of imposing the governor's rule in Jammu and Kashmir. You've been a um, strident critique of, the, of, of New Delhi's interference in Jammu yes, and Kashmir, yes, the I, rigging elections. Fully Your own government yes, was dismissed yes. in 1984. So why do you ask for governor's rule? I'll tell you. I am not in favor of governor's rule. Normally. Never. Because it's direct Delhi rule. It's not people's rule. But here the problem is you have two parties. One is South Pole, one is North Pole. They have completely vitiated the atmosphere. The state, they have created a Hindu Jammu and a Muslim Kashmir. In Jammu, they cannot employ a Muslim officer because the BJP alone will fight against it. In there, if they want a, a Hindu officer, the others will oppose it. Governor took 
three months he was, when Mufti Sahab died, he was governor ruled for three months. Files that had not moved for years moved like this. Work started being done, not with this, that I belong to this party, he belongs to that party, or he belongs to this thing, or he belongs to that thing. And justice was being done. Backdoor appointments are made with specific interests of my party or your party. Now, what does a young fellow who is educated, the girl who is educated, who has fought all her life and she doesn't get justice, does thus not add to the tragedy of the state? It is these things that have happened that we said, for God's sake, bring in a governor's rule. Why could they not hold a parliamentary election in Anantanag when I could have been when we held an election in Sirinaga? Why not? Ask the government. There's a security situation. Eh? What situation? Was there any difference in Srinagar? So what, what, what is your answer to that? Uh, my answer is because they thought their brother will be defeated and the Congress will win the seat because of the, the hatred that has been pouring against the government of the day. Even today they are not able to hold the election. I have been shouting at them and saying, why don't you hold Panchayat election? I held Panchayat election coming to power in 96 when militancy was at height. I held the, I drafted a new panchayat uh, uh, law completely and we held the election. Umar's government held the election. Why not now? Why can't they hold panchayat election? That is basic democracy for the people. Don't you want people to have the same democracy that you have in Delhi, you have in Karnataka, you have anywhere else? Why, can't, why are we denied that? Right. Dr. Abdullah, that takes me to my next question about how do you rate the performance of the BJP PDP government? I'm asking this question not from a, I mean, I, I don't want a political answer. There was, there was a logic that was proposed to buy Mr. Mufti Said when the government was formed that we have to bring together the two, two extremes, which is Jammu and uh, Kashmir, the two poles. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that, I th to my mind, that was a fair argument that was made at that point of time. But over the years... I, I want to ask a counter question to the people who see this. Has it brought the South and North together? Yeah. The East and West together? Has it? Rather, it has taken them miles away. So the basic thing has failed right there. You haven't gained. You have lost. It is this fear that is worrying now people in Delhi that a divided state will be far more detrimental for the nation than a united state. They've realized this. And how do you rate Mr. Modi's policy towards Kashmir? There was a lot of hope in Kashmir when he came to power in May 2014 that a strong prime minister will be able to deliver. Justice to the Kashmiris. How do you, how do you rate uh, Mr. Modi's policy towards Kashmir? Uh, there was a lot Let of me tell you. As you yourself said, there was hope that there will be greater understanding with the Nawaz Sharif and the others. That completely failed. There was hope that there will be a better governance with the BJP in the center. They will be able to 
go along with that uh, uh, agenda of uh, alliance that they had drawn up, that things will go further forward in that? Nothing happened. Four years were lost. And see, then they brought demonetization. And I remember the finance minister's statement here that demonetization has brought down the stone throwers to zero. If you remember? And demonetization has been done to finish this. Yeah, now, if demonetization has finished snow, snow, uh, this stone pelting, now guns and grenades have come. <laughs> stone would probably kill one fellow. Grenade kills number of people. So has demonetization really helped? Or has it further accentuated the situation? It is for everybody to see and everybody to think about. How do you, everyone talks about Vajpayee's compassionate approach to Kashmir. How do you compare Vajpayee's approach to Mr. Modi's approach to Kashmir? Very briefly, sir. Vajpayee uh, was a different man. He belonged to RSS. But he knew one thing. That if India has to move forward, then diversity has to be respected. And this unity can never be there unless diversity is protected. And he did everything with 23 parties. My God, not a joke. 23 parties to be held together to run this nation. And he succeeded. We miss him. Not only we, I think the nation misses him. Had he won the election again, I'm sure there would have been far greater changes in our nation. How does Kashmir view today the so-called Musharraf formula? I mean, there are a lot of talking Kashmir about... You see, about the any formula, people. any formula that will come emerge has to be one which majority of Indians will accept, majority of Pakistanis will accept, and majorities of Jammu, Kashmir and Ladakh population will accept. There will be a minority who will not accept anything. There will be that. But there will be majority, and it is the majority which carries the day. And that is the solution that can be only worked out if talks can be held without any constraints, without any barriers, and it should be a continuous thing, not today, then after one year, or after six months or eight months. That will not work. So the NC does not oppose the Musharraf formula? We don't oppose any formula which is good for the settlement of problems between India, Pakistan and India and Jammu and Kashmir. Dr. Abdullah, you are one of the tallest political leaders in Kashmir today. Has the rise of the right wing in India made it difficult for people like you, politicians like you, to operate in India or in Jammu and Kashmir? The right wing. The I, I don't India. think they can stop me from operating. I still believe India is for all of us. Howsoever they might jump from the sky, I'm not going to give in. I, I'm not of that metal. I believe we are part of this nation. How diverse it may be, it is our nation. And everyone has to look into it and give his best to keep this nation together, united, with love, affection for each other, 
and progress for everybody. Whenever you make a statement in Kashmir, the Indian media, the mainstream Indian media seems to go completely ballistic about it, calling you all kinds of names. What is your message you to see, the Indian media? Let me tell you. Indian media is not controlled by the Indians. Indian media is controlled by either the rich people who own the media, and those rich people have to be on the right side of the government. If they're not on the right side of the government, the paper and the television will pack up. Therefore, I never believe that that is the opinion of the people. They have to project Farooq Abdullah when it sounds right to them as a nationalist. And when they want to project me, they'll say he's anti-national, he's Pakistani, he's all this. Farooq Abdullah knows what he is. I don't need certificate from them. I'm born in India, I'm living in India, and I'll die in India. Dr. Abdullah, what will it take for India to win Kashmiris back once again? I think <clears throat> love more than anything else and understanding that we are not anti-national, we're not Pakistanis, but treat us with that love. Think of us as human beings. You tried all your force, you used army, you used BSF, you used paramilitary forces, you used police. You couldn't crush people. Therefore, think of how to win them over. We have not lost them. It's only a question of trying a little harder. After all, in homes, you do have quarrels. You don't beat them to settle the quarrels. To find solutions to keep a happy home. Kashmir is also a part of happy home. Let's find answers by talking to each other. Some things we may not be able to do, but there will be other things that we can do which might break this impasse that is now settled in. Dr. Abdullah, my final question. What is your prognosis of the Ramzan ceasefire and the LOC ceasefire that the government has announced recently? You see, ceasefire one thing was decided late. Anyway, they say better late than never. They decided it. Very good step. But by this 2003, Pakistan accepted it. And we were able to cultivate on zero land. Zero land. No problems. This government, unfortunately, has created bitterness with them. And nothing is being done to remove that bitterness. Now, today we have ceasefire. 70% of people have welcomed it. We live in peace, we walk around in peace. Even when Home Minister came this time, every time Home Minister or any minister came of that importance, there used to be hartal. This time there was no hartal. None whatsoever. Traffic moved all right. People worked themselves, schools were open, everything was working all right. Shows the change. Because they felt that there is general desire to end this bloodshed. One. Second, Pakistan suddenly, with the DGMO meeting, decided we will make our borders silent. Unfortunately, whether they broke it, the other side broke, I'm not the one in the government to say. That created tragedies. 
But I hope that the other side is also going to play a part in seeing the ceasefire continues to be there. And in this ceasefire atmosphere, we should find solutions to our problems. Then will be the real, which will be the icing on the cake if we are able to finally get to the grips with the situation and find respectable solution between the people and the government. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like this podcast, please rate and follow us. For regular updates, you can also follow our Twitter handle NSC with HJ or our Facebook page National Security Conversations with Happy Mon Jacob.